Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're going, and the force is strong with this one. Yes, that's right. Marketing leader that has worked across various industries and verticals specializing in ABM, customer marketing, and demand generation. Why am I talking like this? You will know soon. Salesforce Pardot Specialist, formerly Director of Strategic Marketing at Majesco, Marketing Jedi. There we go. That's why I'm talking like this. She is a marketing Jedi and consultant to the stars. Tons of experience and always looking to learn and grow like me. Love that. Lucy Graham, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Casey. What a great intro. Uh, I, I went a little crazy with the movie theme, but I, I couldn't help myself. guess we're all nerds at heart in the end in marketing. Yes, yes we are. It's a good thing. It is a good thing. And, and our show is all about marketing. It's, it, it, and this show is the Marketing Leadership Series. So we want to marketing leaders like yourself come in, tell us what's what, smash things. So let me grab this real quick. It's heavy, but you got this. Ugh. Okay, here you go. Thor's hammer. You got it? I got it. Okay, cool. cool. Take that. Now smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all. Well, I think one of the key things that is always on my mind is I think everyone always assumes that their content's the best, right? And I, I, <laughs> right. Think, I think the reality is if, if you do think that way, it's probably not. I mean, people aren't sitting there strategically waiting for that magical content to show up. So um, I think to me, that's a, a definitely a myth to smash. Interesting. They just assume like, well, they, it's like, People are lining up. It's like the most popular club in the city. They're just lining up. They're going to pay a cover charge. No one's going to pay a cover charge for that webinar. And, and, um, and they're just going to line up and they can't wait and they want to get in there. It's like, mm, is that really the case? I don't know. Absolutely. You know, the blockbuster days are over waiting in long lines for, you know, you know, this mystical thing to happen. I think the reality is that everyone thinks that what they're putting out there is what people are expecting and want. And sometimes it's becoming so inverted focus that it's about the company and their goals, not necessarily the customer journey and what their needs are. And I think that's kind of where the misdirection comes from sometimes. Yeah. And it's so, by the way, that's a killer quote that probably ends up getting clipped on LinkedIn because uh, blockbuster days are over. Wow. Wow. Sorry, blockbuster. Now you're a, now you're a theme of a has been thing or a past past time going in browsing those things and all the candy that tempted you don't leave with a, just a movie grab this popcorn and this candy too they have these big racks of it remember that and oh gosh yeah, yeah. childhood <laughs> man but it's it's not like that when people aren't just driving down the street to get that um it, it you're right it's so inverted that's a good way of putting it. inverted they're focused inward they mm -hmm. are man those things when they start talking about themselves kills me a little piece yes. of me dies inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think, what bugs me the most when I'm on any kind of webinar, that when they start putting that, and everyone wants to sell their products. Don't get me wrong. It's important to get your message across. Yeah. But there's a way to do it that kind of holistically matches what that buyer journey looks like. And I think when you can nail that and really focus on the customer's needs and wants, 
and maybe it's their customers' needs and wants and how to get them there. I think that's the key piece that you need to really focus the content and the folks that you have on and just really make it interesting and versus, you know, here's a widget and this is why the widget's great and this is why you need this widget. And it's become so much about the, the journey and I think it needs to be about that because ultimately, you know, that's what we're looking for is, you know, what's it going to take for me to move forward and any buying experience. If you take your own personal experience you know, when you're going to buy a car, like how much research do we actually do before we make a purchase these days? Because we have it at our fingertips, yeah. you know, the days of Google are, you know, to us, that that's our driving to the dealerships every weekend and trying to find, you don't need to do that anymore. You yeah. can go online, you could do all your research. So by the time you're ready to pull the trigger, you already know what you want. You're walking in the door and most likely you're gonna make the purchase on that day. And so mm. I think, you know, it, it really changes perspective because there's so much more available to us as consumers in any aspect of business or B2B or B2C, whichever way you look at it, we can do so much research on our own that it really has to be key content that drives us back to learn more. Mm -hmm. That's a it's a great point, right? It it we are in so much more control over the sales process. Um, I was even just in a meeting today talking about like things like Bright Talk. Have you ever used those guys or? I've heard of them. You heard of them? Yeah, like give us money, we give you leads, and you're like, hmm. There's a lot of people saying that, and it's like okay, but now we but we know it's not just about whatever the sales rep says. We can go ask. And one of the first things they did was like popped into Sangram's peak community. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, Sangram Badre from Terminus. He has this like little community and I joined it full of marketers and I'll, I'll connect you with it after this. Um, awesome. And I just asked in that community, like, Hey, has anyone used this? You know, like, and so it, there's no tracking sales. Sales doesn't know this is happening. Well, maybe they do if I don't tell them, but they've just told us their pricing. And then it, it doesn't, it sound so much trans, more transactional these days. Right. Like we had a call and I guess it makes it more B2B, but they told us like, here's how much it's going to cost this much per year and this much per lead. And I'm like, okay, thanks. And now it's like, we're going to go do our research. But I mean, what, what's qualifying the lead? I mean, just because you have a heartbeat at a company, you know, you have a name and an address. Is that a lead? I don't think so. I mean, to me, it's really, you need to understand that buyer. You need to understand what they're looking for, what they're doing. And there are companies that do, you know, research and, and do have a better understanding of organizations and kind of what they're doing. I mean, I worked in the IT space and I will tell you that there's opportunities working with real estate companies, right? Where they're just selling commercial real estate. And obviously when you come in and you're, you know, leasing a new building, you need a bunch of different things from an IT perspective. Yeah. So that's pretty an easy target, right? So leads for that perspective for a salesperson probably a good match because now they can go in and say, well, do you have X, Y, Z set up yet? Right. So that's the foundation of right. your security, your networks, everything that's really important. But, you know, to me, when you look at the, the, these lead companies, some of them have, you know, I've used many of them. I will tell you, I'll be honest with you. I have used many of them. Um, sales does like to have a library or a, a, a electric phone book, right. Of contacts that they can reach yeah. out to. Um, but to me, getting leads from things that you're doing, such as posting webinars and podcasts and digital marketing efforts that really get them to click forward, 
those are a lot warmer leads because now you have an interest, right? You're speaking mm -hmm. an idea that they may be interested in. And that's a way better foundation to kind of do the follow-up or get them into a nurturing cycle to yeah. really um, get some automation and some processes in place to really help them through that complete journey end to end. Right. You know, it, it's interesting. <laughs> like this, this is like such a timely topic because that conversation came up and, and you're so right. Like what is a lead? Oh, we're going to give you 150 of them. It's like, now, I, I originally was looking at this, this Bright Talk thing because I'd heard like, oh, we can, they like our webinars and they're like, so we can do, we, like we can get you people to your webinar or something I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. But ends up being just more of like, give us money, we'll give you leads. And you're right. It's like, right. is that really a lead? And then the conversation, and you mentioned interest. It's like, is there intent when mm -hmm. they're coming on our webinars at least? And I want to get back to fixing these webinars. Like, at least there's an intent. They know who we are. They're seeking out our information. But like just getting, buying them from a site, like, is that even a lead? And I'm just like, I mean, what's the difference between buying a lead from one of these sites? And maybe I'm just missing details here. You know, I don't know anything. I'm a caveman, but like <laughs> maybe, but it, it sounds like what's the difference between that and buying a list? They yeah. don't know you either way. Either way, they don't know you. Hi. Absolutely. We and bought you, you, but it's not spam because we bought you on the market. No still spam it absolutely is and and there's actually a lot of laws and restrictions and not throughout the entire country for the united yeah. states um definitely in canada and europe there's a lot more heavier restrictions on email marketing but you can't just buy a list and, and shoot an email, email out blast an email out to these folks it, it doesn't work that way so yeah i agree with you it's not <laughs> the intent's Crazy. not there the interest isn't there it's just it, it's very interesting for sure and so so it gets back to these webinars and mm -hmm. real content. And you said this earlier, based on the journey, it's like not mm -hmm. on you, not on the presenter, not on the company. And you know what? I always put my um, about the company slide at the end. And I even joke mm -hmm. about when I introduce the speaker at the beginning, because you, you kind of need to. So I was like, why should you listen yeah. to this person? Okay, here's why. And at the bottom, I'm like, I'm at Treasure Impact, but like more on that later. You know, right. I haven't earned the right to tell you anything about my company just yet. You probably already know anyways, but it's like, that's later. Let's, let's get into the content. And at the end, if you're still here, then I'll tell you all about the ways that Cheshire Impact can help you, you know? Absolutely. I think this is a good segue to talk about some of the content too, you know, with yeah. webinars, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and I think one of my biggest pet peeves on any webinar that I join, and I do many of them throughout the years, um, is when it becomes a PowerPoint heavy webinar where mm -hmm. I'm just literally watching or listening to watching and listening to the speakers literally read slides that I'm seeing on my screen. There's oh zero value to that. It almost feels like a training, an HR training video, no offense to anyone on HR, but it's very, you know, siloed, right? It, it's it okay. Just, we can be dark on HR, uh, pretty much 99% <laughs> of all HR in my experience. And we, you can imagine my experience with HR has been, and all the different companies I've been at. 99% has been terrible, but I do know of a few, HR unicorns that are amazing, but I feel like it's almost like black and white. You're either, um, you know, it's like Boolean, you know, it's like, it's either, yes. you're either a rock star, amazing person. And it's not about resources. People are your power and your, mm -hmm. or you're like, you're the sledgehammer that's coming down and firing Casey Cheshire that day. <laughs> like it's one or the other, but, but yeah, no, sorry. You're on your point. Like these webinars, you, you can't now what's the difference between, so don't read the slides. 
I'm kind of getting self-conscious now. What do I, what should yeah. I not be doing? Well, I mean, it's it just like if you're, just think of it from this way. If you're, even if you're in a room full of people and you, you're putting a presentation up, it's, it's still kind of the same concept, right? You, you have some key points that you want to make sure you hit on, but then use that as kind of guidelines, right? As just like little tags to kind of keep that kind of the, the momentum going, but ultimately talk about, you know, you know, bring in resources, talk about, yeah. you know, research that you've done, bring in other speakers and don't just come in on a, you know, audio file, come in and show yourselves, you know, just like we're doing. I know this is, you know, this, we're doing a podcast. We also have a video version of it. It's just interesting to see people talk and, and be able to actually get, you know, facial expressions and just to see real people. I think it brings a different element to the presentation yeah. and they just, they don't just become a voice in the background. You know, it's not like the wizard of Oz behind the curtain anymore. It's a real person. And so I think that's really key actually having those live speakers, having that engagement, you know, creating the polling questions. So, you know, throughout your presentation, it's not just about what you want to make sure you're, you're getting across, but also ensuring that the content is relevant to your audience and putting out some key questions and, and keeping an eye on some of those questions as they're coming through throughout the session, because sometimes that can kind of get you a little break away from the main content, but also create a really key focal point on what the audience is looking for. So now you kind of restructured a little bit and having that flexibility in your presentation, that just creates a really solid, you know, experience for everyone. Totally. And so I think that's a huge opportunity. And then, you know, always be engaging, you know, it's not just about you. We talked about this before. A lot of companies become very inverted and, and they talk about their widgets and how important those widgets are, but, uh, you know, make it about that viewer, their experience, their journey. And then, you know, the opportunity to connect at the end is if, if you've kind of created that little rope for them to kind of hold on to, you know, here's mm -hmm. how to reach out to me or one of the speakers and, and do some more follow-up and, and keep that conversation going. I think that creates that opportunity for, yes, I'm going to say it, a true lead because now you have the interest. And so that's mm -hmm. the call you want to make after that. So wow. I think there's a lot of opportunities there. And I, I've worked with many companies that, you know, there, there's been a gamut of really good webinars and some that, you know, could use a little bit more coaxing. And, and it's hard because as marketers, sometimes our hands are held tight as to what we can, you know, do because the speakers want to drive their content and they're very, you know, stringent about this is what I want to deliver and how I want to deliver it. So as much as we want to flex, be flexible and, and offer, you know, some different variations of it, sometimes we're not able to do that. So I think yeah. it's important for us as marketers to really try to give some coaching and ideas and offer it up. And, and then there's opportunities beyond that to repurpose the content in other ways and little, you know, snippets and, and social media and just in email push outs. And so I think, you know, it can live beyond that moment. <sighs> okay. Um, yes. All of these things, man. Um, I, I, <laughs> I usually show people the notes at the end, but I literally am I'm halfway done a sheet of paper. Wow. <laughs> Um, so just so people don't think I'm like lost in la la land, I am lost, but I'm in lost in webinar land. Several things I wanted to follow up on what you said. Um, the polling, I just had an experience recently and it was like, it's fun. Like I'd like to throw in a, a question at the beginning, which is like, 
uh, Christina did this on our team. She said, mm-hmm. like, what's your favorite smell? And just like a fun, right? try to get people in the, in the zone of like, oh, this is going to be more interactive than I'm used to. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Right. Let's have fun. We're humans too. And it's also like, man, our kids are on Zoom. We're on Zoom. How do we make this not a class? I, my, my poor kid was, um, John was sitting at the, the desk like on a Zoom call and the teacher was just like, I'm just like, I feel bad. I was like having flashbacks to being in school, being bored. And right. um, so I was like, anything but that. And you meant, and so the polling, man, what, man, I wish teachers would use that because yeah. uh, I don't know if you can poll in meetings. Uh, that's, that's a, oh, maybe that's a feature for, man, maybe we need to just beat down Zoom's doors until they, they do that. But um, I yeah, think, I don't think sense. Zoom has it now. I, cause I remember speaking to them earlier this year when this all kind of happened in regards to, you know, how do we create more an interactive yeah. opportunity from a digital perspective. And I think there's some features that they didn't have where other um, services do offer it. Um, but it's interesting you say that because I, I know my daughter said that one of the teachers actually called out one of the students and said, okay, pipe it down over there. Cause it would have been what he would have done in school live. So everyone kind of chuckled and it got everyone's attention. And it's just, it's not something complex. It's something so simple that really creates that okay, I'm, you got me listening now. It's, it's, it, was a, it was a little cute and whimsy way to do it. That's a, that's a great idea. I think we should do that on our B2B webinars too. You know, <laughs> single, some, I, I like to say hi to everyone as they come in. Yeah. You know? um, and oh, the polling thing, I, I remember the story. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I did the favorite smell one, but then maybe 20% into it, it was what's your biggest problem challenge with marketing reporting? And there was like six answers and there was one that says, um, none of these, I'll put my answer in the chat, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And any guesses on what the biggest challenge around reporting was? What what would you say would be your biggest challenge? Uh, Not available. (laughs) The reporting wasn't available. Yeah, yeah. Um, Most people selected data. Like the oh, data yeah. was inaccurate or the data, because we're right. Hey, my, my dashboard's beautiful and nothing fills in because <laughs> data's not in the right <laughs> place and shape and time. Um, and so it was something like, of, and this was like, I don't want to say a small crowd, but um, people that actually voted, maybe it was like 25 people that voted, but a good 10 or 15 of them said the data thing. And, and then every, all the other answers were like two or three, two or three, two or three, and a bunch of you know, others. And so I was like, oh, I get it. There's like a, a big chunk of you. It's the data. It's the accuracy. It's the, mm-hmm. it's all that. So I directed the, the questions to our amazing Jennifer Schneider. I was like, hey, let's talk data. Like whatever right. questions we have prepared, that can wait. Let's go over here. And it was beautiful. So your point is so spot on around the polls, but not just like, not just the smell one, but you know, have a purpose to right. it to actually redirect what you like how terrible would that be if you had a poll and you like cool everyone said data okay moving on we're gonna talk about this you're like dude what an opportunity you can address that yeah and then sometimes it leads you to the question like you don't even know what your your audience may direct you to what they want to know and then hey it's kind of off the cuff but you know you have the right people on the call it's a great opportunity to kind of show your worth right yeah it's unprepared it's it's you know natural and it's real and i think that's what's key you know the way you talked about how you guys manage that data question absolutely you made it real you made it relevant 
and it wasn't planned. So I think that's key because there's, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we're sold to so much that when something happens, that's more natural and real. It just makes it that more relevant to us as business people. It's a good point. You have to adjust mm-hmm. on the fly. Like there's no, and thankfully this wasn't like a slide deck. Right. There was no slide to it. So we could just talk to it. But even if there is, it's kind of like pause your silly slides and talk to what people are challenged by or plan. If you need, if you're the planner kind, just plan. Right. Maybe you don't have six options. So you don't have six <laughs> choose your own adventures, have four and have a slide for each. Maybe, you know, you could do things like that. to prepare. Absolutely. The best one is though, when you're on i I've been on pitch calls where I've mm. had specific questions um, for vendors and they can't give me a response. So they have, it's, so it's clear That's- at that point that they're going through their, their deck of this is what I'm presenting and I'll have to get someone to get back to you with those answers. And to me, that just didn't feel like companies I want to work with because I think that if you know your product well enough, you should be able to, you know, answer questions, at least some detail. Then obviously if it's something more complex, you, you know, if you have to get someone else on the call, that's fine. That's so normal. But when you can't respond to simple questions and you, cause you're sticking to that deck, that's to me, that becomes a very big sticky issue. Personally. I've been there. I've I don't seen like that. that. It's so wacky. Yeah. It's big companies, especially if they don't know their product or, you're taking them off script and like, oh, we'll have to get a resource in to answer. We'll get nine people to join the next call and answer. You're like, well, maybe you could have answered that on this call, you know? Absolutely. Have another call, you know? Oh man, taking them off script like that. You also mentioned not reading it. And I think, I don't remember where I heard this, but some famous person or someone had said that people shouldn't be able to at least in, I think in, in our worlds that we're talking about with marketing presentations and links, they shouldn't be able to just take your deck and get the presentation from reading your slide deck, you know, Correct. they shouldn't be able to re redo the whole thing just from your notes. So I, I think that came to mind for me was like a story. It might say Casey's giraffe story, by the way, I don't have a giraffe story, but I feel right. like I need to have one, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, but like, it'd be like, Oh, this, and that would remind the speaker. Let me tell you a story about right. this experience but the, the experience isn't written down word for word you know right and you get out of the mode of man the, the talk to a slide have, have you have you experienced those lately i i, I wouldn't say yes and no I, i'll give you an example of something yeah. i went through i used to a company i used to work for we did onboarding we had a huge inside sales team and so we would each department would kind of do these monthly it was either monthly quarterly presentations and we had huge onboarding groups mm. and from a marketing perspective i came in and i would talk everything marketing and how we worked with sales and how we supported their needs and created campaigns and spiff programs etc and right. so i always had you know four core slides they were topics like nice. these are the four things i'm going to talk about I had visual things. So if it's field marketing, I had booth images. If it was content marketing, I had, you know, website, social media, you know, just simple things just to give them something to look at on screen. But I never went through slides. It was completely like, here's what we do. This is how we do it. And really created an interactive session of conversation. Mm. Because I mean, a lot of them came in, they're right out of college, didn't have much work experience, but, um, we had some really engaging conversations. And so it was a great opportunity for them to kind of come in and talk about expectations, what they want to get out of it, you know, their ideas of how they would approach things. And then, 
you know, okay, sure. So we can do that. And this is what I have available to you. And this right. is how you work through it. But I would actually make it more about uh, inter, you know, more interpersonal and, and walk them through how to do things versus here's, you know, here's the slide. This is now good luck and go find it. it I really made it interactive. And I felt mm, that, I like that it was a really strong takeaway. And I, you know, to this day, I still have folks reach out to me when they're looking for some marketing ideas that I worked through the years and say, Hey, remember when we ran that spiff? Like, how did you do that? And you know, how would I do that if I wanted to do it this way today? And to me, that's, that's you know, that's a badge of honor, you know, for people to still reach out to you and, and ask you for advice. Um, and it, I think that's just great. So it just goes to show you that, you know, relationships move on, you know, even though you leave cultures and, and just, you build these foundations through the years and it just becomes these great resources. What are, what are the secret nuggets to that, to the success of that, that made people think of it years later, do you think? I, I don't know. I, I just do things kind of out of the box and creative, but also in the moment. And, mm. you know, I, I'm not a micro type personality, so I don't tend to like, okay, you have to do it this way. I'm very open to opportunities and change. So if you come to me and say, Hey, what if we tried X, Y, Z? Do you think, and I'm like, you know what, let's try it. Let's yeah. see. All we can do is it doesn't work and we try something else, right? right? It's an opportunity for change. And I think a lot of times we're so stuck in the cyclical moment of this is the way it is. This is the way we've done it that you forget that guess what? Everyone has ideas and thoughts and that's what cultivates, you know, things being greater and great. I mean, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have Facebook today. We wouldn't have the yeah. apples of today. We wouldn't have these like, you know, Microsoft products. It's just, all these great foundations of ideas that came out of, you know, probably somebody sitting, hanging out, you know, grabbing a bear together and just jotting stuff on a napkin. So yeah. it's it just always keep that in mind and use your resources. You know, you've worked with people, you have like, you know, art, you know, Casey, I've, I sat on your webinars for years and, you know, reached out to you. We started chatting and, you know, we've come to doing this together. It's yeah. really awesome. It's exciting. And I know we'll be, you know, friends from here on out. And it's just, these resources, relationships, like people forget you can always, we're such a big world and mm -hmm. you know, there's so many people out there just connect, you know, there, yeah. there's ideas flowing. I I'm part of many um, social media groups for different purposes. There's a marketing group, there's a email group for women and we, we really throw out some great ideas. It's exciting. And I love it because it just keeps everything fresh and, and hearing other people's thoughts and sharing your thoughts. It just, it just keeps that conversation going. You're that always group, learning. Oh, sorry. Is that a group other women can join and that you could like throw out a URL? Yeah, it's, it's through referrals. Absolutely. So there, it's a gr group of women. Um, I brought, I was brought in with somebody else um, being part of the Salesforce community and part of oh, community. A lot of us use, um, I, I mean, I won't say it's just strictly that there's other CRMs people are using, but um, you know, we definitely throw ideas and, and thoughts over. So there's a lot of groups like that. So if anyone's interested, definitely, you know, you know, ping me and I'll get you connected, but got it. hit you up yeah, on LinkedIn just, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. See, and see, you have to be listening at like minute 28 <laughs> or whatever it is right now to, to catch that. But that could be like a powerful tip for someone to be able to get into. It's all about getting the, the engagement and the feedback of other people and picking their mm -hmm. brain on things. And, and you're right. You know, we started out in, you know, attending webinars and, and chatting and, and it's great to, because we're all, we're all in this together, right? We're all peers. Like, I don't know anything more than anyone else. And we're all just trying to learn together. And 
and do that. So it's fun to connect on topics like this. I actually want to get your advice on something related sure. to webinars. So um, have you ever, have you ever looked at like, a, or seen or heard of Twitch, Twitch TV? I've heard of it. I've not seen it myself. So it's really interesting. I really recommend you check it out. Okay. Um, your kids probably know what it yeah, is. Right. <laughs> um, you, there are people that are playing video games and doing other things um, live and there are people watching them. You do know? Yeah. So my bonus son, I have two bonus kids. So my boyfriend's bonus kids. kids. Well, I don't like, like calling them step kids because oh, that okay, sounds okay. like. Because I was like. So bonus kids are <laughs> my boyfriend's two children. Um, sure. In college. And his son, yes, Twitch is what he uses. He actually has his own site where he has followers. And he actually was in a competition last night. Where, you know, so he, he came over for dinner. He's like, I got to go because, you know, we launched at like, I got to be home by 7 because we launched at 7.30 and I'd be ready, ready to go for this. And I'm like, what do you, he goes, you guys can watch me. And it's the craziest thing. So my boyfriend was watching his son and he came in and he's like, he won, he won. He came in like, I think it was like, there was five levels and he came in. I think second place, the first two rounds and then first place, the last three rounds, seeing the point in the whole thing. But yeah, it's, it's amazing what's out there right now, but he, yeah. yeah so that's what Twitch sounded familiar to me. That's okay. what it is. He's used his Twitch for that. So he's a big right. gamer. Right. Right. And so and people can just watch you play games mm -hmm. and Correct. people are like, why would anyone want to watch people play games? Hello. We watch people play football all the time. The, the whole Correct. video game industry has been interesting. I think it, maybe it's generational, but, um, um, or you just got to get into games and you're like, whoa, cool. But I, I found there's a, a Twitch streamer for any game style mm -hmm. and type. And so there's some, I like more of the strategy kind. And so Correct. there'll be some people that will like do that. But what I like about it is if I don't know if I want to buy it or not back to buy a research, I'll go watch someone playing it. Right. Like, Oh, this is not nearly as cool as the, as the demo or it is, or this is cool. I like the mechanics of it. I'm going to buy it. And now I know a little bit more about it. So I, I won't just completely suck when I, when I do it. So I, I've kind of experienced that. Um, but, but what's crazy is these, it sounds like bonus child. What's cool is I was thinking bonus child, like you go to the hospital, you have baby, you come back <laughs> with two and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> how two for one. <laughs> where'd that one come from? Um, <laughs> uh, has already, already done this kind of thing, but you get, you get, people following you but mm -hmm. these people are so good at engaging an audience mm -hmm. and i recommend that like every marketer go check out twitch and you don't have to watch people play video games if you hate video games there are literally people crocheting mm -hmm. there's also artists painting and we, they're just painting and people are watching them paint but they're interacting with the people that do that and, and i remember people being like um oh hey you know Hey Lucy two four six. Hey, uh, hey John one one four. And like, hey, oh, good to see you. How's your dad doing? I'm like, wow, this person. And, th and there are hundreds of people, right? Right. So our our cute little webinars have like maybe maybe a hundred if we're lucky, or a couple hundred right. if we're crazy. Yeah. But they might have ten thousand people, or it's a little crazy. But they might have like a couple hundred people in there watching them, or fifty. But either way, they've created these relationships with people just from doing that. And I, I've tried to like learn and emulate them on the webinars. Right. Saying hi to people, being more personal and transparent. But um, what I wanted to get your advice on was I'm thinking probably next month doing a Twitch channel for like yes. marketing, right? That would be awesome. There is none. I searched. No. I tried. And they're like, what? That's not a game. Like I would, I would make one. And then I think like podcast interviews like this one, 
I just leave it running and be live. And you know, people they can listen if they want to or not. Right. Um, and uh, webinars, instead of having people register for them on Zoom, oh, how weird would that be if we were like, just go on Twitch and then just show up whenever you want. Right. <laughs> and it and it kind of ungates the content, which I know a lot of people are like, ungate everything. Right. And I don't know. It seems like a crazy experiment. I think it's really cool though, because I think if you, I mean, you're talking about generational, I mean, even, you know, I'm not going to date myself, but I know people in my generation that are big gamers and they still game. And especially this year, I mean, let's face it, it's something to do Yeah. and they're following folks on Twitch and they're getting, you know, because they may have gotten rusty through the years playing those games to get, you know, tools and tips of, you know, how to navigate through different levels. And so but the younger generation, you know, are millennials, they're definitely Twitch users. I mean, that's why Twitch and TikTok and all these other platforms have become so big. It's, it's, it's accessible when you want it. And I think that's the key is, you know, getting engagement to people so they can access it when it's, you know, when it's physically possible yeah. for them to do it when, you know, it could be four in the morning, it could be two o'clock in the afternoon, it, you know, it's when they want to do it. So right. I think you're right. I think it'd be interesting to do this whole marketing piece on Twitch. Yeah. So you see what happens in like, I'm getting kind of old, but I feel kind of young, like young, you're as old as you yeah. feel. And I feel, I feel like a preteen <laughs> uh, and I look like a old man. Um, so, so uh, um, it'd be interesting to try to, see if you can't but it's an interesting experiment because the audience i guess like marketers aren't really on twitch but it'd be interesting to see if i can right. get them on there for only for their own research purposes anyways but i mean it kind of runs against like well they're not on there the path of least resistance isn't to have them on there but maybe that friction if they can just get over the hump once they can just right. log in and go get every webinar so it's almost like a limited pass to get every webinar every podcast without having to register for anything ever again. So maybe right. that's the sales pitch is like that because but it is a hump. It's like, oh, what, what Twitch? Like, oh, I have to sign up. Right. I don't want, it's free, but you, you know, it's like, oh, can we get people right. to make that jump and, 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 you know, register for account yeah, but, before. But think of it like all the social, you know, pay, all the social sites that we signed up through the years. Like you always True. said, I'll, I'll never do this. I'll never do Snapchat. I'll never do Insta. I never, I'll never, yeah. We're on all sure. of them, right? Because, right. and why are we on them? Because our kids kind of drove us to be on them because right. our parents have been on them because businesses that we love are on them. And so in order to stay interactive and, and on top of information, I think I find more information on companies through social media than anywhere else in doing research. Um, because it's relevant, it's timely. I can see how on top of things that they are when I'm interested in something and I almost feel connected. And I got to tell you, I love when people interact to your point. So whether you're following a celebrity or you're following a company or you're following, you know, Casey Cheshire, you know, it, it doesn't matter who it is, but when they respond back to you, there becomes that personalized engagement and it's an excitement. It's like, Oh, they know I'm here. This is cool. Yeah. And so that's awesome. It, it, again, becomes part of that personalization, that journey. It just, you know, engaging people. And I think that's what we're lacking so much. We're such in such a kind of transactional world where we're just kind of pushing things through mm-hmm. that, you know, we forget. We're so used to texting. We're so used to, you know, 
sometimes pick up the phone, make the phone call, get jump on a video chat, see the person. I love video. I connect with family. This year has been so key for us, but ever since my family moved down south, you know, retired, my parents retired and moved down. It's been a number one way. We talk almost daily. They see mm -hmm. my daughter every day. And that's key because, you know, when we visit, it doesn't feel like we haven't seen them in forever. It just, you know, now we get to give hugs too. But right. it's, that, it's that connection, that staying, staying personal and keeping the relevance that we're people. I think that's key. It's really important to remember that we're all humans and we need to have some type of communication um, between each other. And I think as marketers, that's, that's key for us, right? Is, you yeah. know, impacting that and continuing those conversations and, and keeping them going and, and interacting with people. I think that's key. I, at least to me, that's really important. I, I find interaction to be a, a vital part of life um, and business and personal relationships. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's really key. Boom. There it is. It is key. What, where do you think all this is going? Where, where do you see the future taking Well, us? I mean, I think over the next year, we're still going to be in a, a, a very digital world. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're definitely going to see new products coming out, more enhancements, mm -hmm. to your point, you know, more yep. features, which is great. Um, I mean, all, the, all my nerdy techie friends out there, I'm sure, are cultivating new ways to come out with technologies, which is super exciting. But mm -hmm. I also think that when we are able to come together again um i feel like it's gonna be a huge party somewhere <laughs> i just feel like i agree it's gonna be like woodstock but worldwide um I, it's just it's crazy to think about but you know i, I bumped into some friends this weekend i was at a, a farm getting some fresh local fruit and i heard my name and i turned around and i kind of looked at them because you know we're all wearing these masks and don't recognize people as quickly i know you can't no I, no idea it's crazy, right? And so I realized who they were and I was so excited to say hello. And I, we, we all like took a step forward and then took a step back because you know you realize you can't hug anymore. And it's just really sad. It is so, really sad. Yeah. You know, so it'll be nice to, you know, it's exciting to see what's coming out, right? So I think from a technology perspective, from an engagement perspective, I think we're gonna be seeing a lot more um, bells and whistles coming out with features. Um, I've, I've met with many of these um, companies such as Zoom and it's exciting to see what they're putting together. So I think there'll be enhancements that make what we're doing today great. I think it's going to change the foundation of remote working. I've been a remote worker for the past 10 years and I love it. Um, so for me, not a major change except that my house is a lot more remote folks in it too. Yeah. Um, so that's been a challenge from that perspective, but we have enough space that everyone has their own kind of cubby set up at home. But uh, I, I think employers are now realizing the value of work from home employees. And I think that if anything happened this year, I think that is an awesome thing because I think a lot of companies did not realize that, you know, well, they don't want to commute in or they, you know, they're too far away. I, I think, a lot of times when we're working remote, we're, you know, on our own kind of timeline, we're not working eight hour days. We're probably putting in 10 to 12 or more hours. Um, we're working off hours. We're working over the weekends. Mm -hmm. We're really working on projects that need to be completed. And there's really no timetable on that. And I think when you're in an office, you come in and you leave. And a lot of times when you leave, you may get back to things, but you may not because, you know, then you kind of impact your life when it kind of meshes into one yeah, you, you become more flexible and you're in it intertwined to two things. And I think that's key and it's create, it creates a nice work-life balance. Um, 
it gives you an opportunity to actually see your family more often, but also have a higher value add of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and I think so to me, I think, and I've heard that from a lot of people that I know I have friends who are anxious to get back to an office. They, they can't stand being in a, you know, a silo. Um, I like it. I feel like it's more productive sometimes when you're in an office and it's nice to be in an office. Don't get me wrong. I like still going into an office occasionally, but when you're there day to day, you know, that water cooler talk becomes like half your day. And so, Mm. or people popping in your office and chatting and it it pulls away from your work day. So when I'm working on projects, I'd like to be focused. And so being remote allows for more of that. Um, but it's been definitely a, a different, you know, different scene this year. So I'm ex- excited to see what else comes out. And then next year, I, I hopefully we're, we're in a better place soon. And uh, I think 2022 is going to be a big year for, uh, you know, I manage a lot of field marketing events. I think that'll be a big year for things to start really coming back um, and yeah. in person. I know they're doing a lot of spaced events right now with, with you know, so, uh, social distancing, um, but there's limitations. I think people are so fearful to travel. So I think 2022 is definitely going to be a big year for events coming back um, more broadly, hopefully. Um, so I'd be interested to see what comes down the path. Yeah. When you were talking about 2022, I was like, wait, what happened in 2021? <laughs> um, so what do you think? Is that kind of a transition year? I mean, people I think aren't so. really going back too soon. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, from what I've heard already from many of um, companies, at least near me um, in certain verticals, they've already made a pact to say employees aren't, we're not bringing employers back or employees back to office. Let me start over again. At least in my area um, where I am, I have a lot of big companies near me and in a specific vertical. And I've heard from many friends that work there in these different companies that they've already been told March or April, the soonest that they'll be having people in office. Um, so I think, you know, there's huge cost savings, obviously, that we've heard yeah. of. Um, it's amazing. I, th- I can't remember which company was on the news. It's like $19 million in savings this past quarter for that. It's, it's amazing. So I think there'll be, um, it'll be a different workforce. It'll be a different work style. So I think we'll have some flexible work schedules, um, which is interesting because, you know, I think companies have tried to do that and it didn't really work. So I think it'll be interesting now to see, you know, maybe it'll be like our kids are doing the hybrid. Maybe it'll be hybrid work models where, you know, a couple people come in maybe, you know, two days a week and then the other half of the group comes in two days a week. So depending Mm. what department you're in, um, maybe we'll see a hybrid work model next year. I think it'll be a transition year. I really do. I think there'll be hybrid work models. I think there'll be um, still a lot of people from a remote perspective. I think until we have a stronger foundation on being able to be out in public from a safe perspective, I think we're still seeing, you know, a smaller slowdown to, to be kind of live and active again, but you know, time will tell things change on a daily basis. I mean, our state's doing really well. Um, it's exciting and so yeah so new england's doing great and so it's exciting i think we've kind of followed these mandates so hopefully we can continue that path uh, across the country and we'll be back to normal sooner than later yeah i'm actually i posted on facebook yesterday just to my you know local folks and i was like "I'm, i'm good job america i'm proud of you guys like the numbers are going down you know and new hampshire is crushing i'm looking up um 
Google has this great thing when you type in like COVID numbers and yeah. it gives you this little interface and it tells you your state. Oh, wow. You guys are doing better than we are. Yeah. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> what, what even happened? Um, I don't know. That, that looks crazy. It can't even be right. A uh, couple, couple, bunch, 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 none. The past, yeah. the past like three or four days, you've literally had zero new cases in Connecticut. Yeah. Literally. It's, uh, it's, people have been really sticking to it. So anywhere you go, it's, you know, everyone's wearing yeah. their masks and, you know, and nothing's super crowded. So it's exciting. Except, it's you know. important thing. Because every now and then you have like, oh, like a hundred or so. But, yeah. Um, I think it's definitely numbers coming in time, time-wise, because I know, I so, yeah. you know, like different, I think for those five different school districts that reported this morning that they've shut down because, you know, there was one person who tested positive. So they kind of mm. halted everything to just wait and see. Um, so I definitely think that has impact on those numbers. But overall, I think New England's definitely leading the pack across the country. Yeah. So it's exciting. We'll, is we'll it, take is that. It is it because it's usually cold up here and we're all kind of mean to each other and we don't actually <laughs> hug? Maybe is that it? We stay in our houses anyway. Yeah. yeah we stay in our houses. <laughs> we don't like to associate with anyone. We're all jerks. Um, so not true. So not, so true. not true. I miss I miss uh, socialization. I miss seeing my friends. I miss going to music show, you know, to theater and music. I just the things that you did on a normal basis, it's just, it's sad. I miss going to the movies. We used to go to yeah. movies like multiple times a month. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, it's great. We, you know, you're able to get them at home, but it's not the same experience. You know, I want to pay yeah. $20 for a tub of popcorn. It's exciting. <laughs> right. Like, are we kind of like Jones in to get back in and pay, pay some money? I hear, you know, I don't know. Like they got to survive to make it. They're like AMC, didn't they? I like, know. I don't know. Things will pop up again. It's kind of like I, there's a forest fire. I think people will rise to the occasion and the right stuff will, the right restaurants will, we will miss and we will go back to yeah. and, and all those things. So yeah, it, it, I, th I definitely feel like I see the light at the end of the tunnel for sure, which is great. Absolutely. Temper now and we're, we're chatting here. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Who are you? I, we've got to known each other for a bit, but take me back in time, like little Lucy days. What, what was it like? Oh my goodness. You always know you're going to be a marketer? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't even think I knew what marketing was as a right? kid. <laughs> I think I wanted to grow up and be a hairdresser at one point. Really? I was a kid. I don't know. I was a kid who was never shy. I was always, I had an uncle who had a band. And so I remember just kind of hanging out in my grandmother's basement and like listening to them jam out and practice. Um, wow. And then going to like their shows. And it wasn't like, it, it was, you know, I'm Portuguese. So it was a Portuguese, like, you know, cover band. It wasn't like um, death metal. Right? It wasn't like, death metal. No. You're old going but, to death metal concerts. <laughs> I have though. <laughs> Oh, as an eight-year-old? No, not as an eight-year-old. Okay. No, but I think that that created kind of my love of music and just going to their shows and just, you know, being young and being, you know, engaged in different things. I was definitely in a, you know, a local folk dance group and, oh, cool. I, you know, I sang at a young age. I played violin for a long time and I've always stayed active with the arts. Um, it was something I've, I've always dear, near and dear to my heart. Music is huge in my life. It always has been. I have a lot of good friends in the music industry and I am a big fan. And I, you know, this year has been very sad because I haven't been able to go to any shows, but oh, I know. You know, growing up, I think, you know, through the stages of life, I think, you know, when I graduated high school and I had to select 
what am I going to do for the rest of my life? It's like that ultimate decision. What are you going to do when you go to college? I yeah. said, well, I, I'm going to be a psychologist because I thought, well, I can help people, right? That was my goal is I wanted to be there for people and help them. And, you know, throughout some time of being in college, I kind of got burnt out on college because I felt a lot of pressure of, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if this is the right path. So I took some time off. I worked full time. I worked multiple jobs, got mm. my own place. While a lot of my friends were still in college, I was kind of a 19 year old kind of on my own. And uh, I started working for different companies. And I think that I started finding marketing throughout my experiences. And I kind of, um, I came in and was doing some accounting work for a company. And so you're just getting stuff I, done. I, like you just went right I, to like work. Yeah, I just went yeah. to work. I just did what I needed to do to survive. Um, and, you know, I think I ended up working at Timex, the watch company, and I was doing like crunching numbers for them. Wow. And I'm not a numbers person. I was going to say, is that a good good job or not? Yeah. It was just like, eh. and then an opening came up in, you know, the marketing team. Hmm. And it was really cool. And we had licensed brands. And so I started working there and I started doing little things and I started growing through. And I actually, you know, there's a patent out there with my name on it for a sports product. And no kidding. Yeah. It's just super cool stuff that I got to do. And I would have never had that had I not had my path. And I found marketing and I fell in love with it. And I went back to school and got my degrees, um, got my MBA and uh, the rest has been history. I love marketing. I think it's a way to help people in a different way and give them kind of, you know, show them the path to what they need to know. And so I think the two kind of merged together. And so I'm, I'm grateful that I did start in that path, but you know, I ultimately ended up in the marketing world and I think being a creative person, I think most of us are in, in the field of marketing and we have some great ideas. And I think that's what keeps us, you know, excited and motivated on a daily basis. Yeah. That, what a cool way to experience. What, what's the patent? What kind of. So it was, um, I don't know how much I could talk about, but. Um, Is it like it classified? Was, Did you invent some like black ops? No, it's not black ops. It was <laughs> just kind of a way to um, hold the. Um, product together well can we can, this won't be aired right we, i could tell you like oh we tell me afterward then if it's yeah. some it's some crazy thing because i don't yeah, want like i don't want yeah. weird people coming yeah to i don't know what i signed so i don't know what i can say good point when in doubt right yeah. <laughs> we heard your podcast <laughs> oh god <laughs> casey can you please cut that out of the podcast yeah no problem cool yeah okay so you invented some really badass thing though or you were part of the team that did it is that what happened yeah, no, actually I worked with, we work with designers all over the world. And so put to, together ideas, you're always cultivating, you know, what's going to work for the customer, what are their needs and, yeah. and just being at live events and talking to customers and understanding their needs. I came back and I talked to one of our designers and I said, you know what, you know, what if we did this and this may help them and this, and so we put something together and so we designed it together. You know, obviously I didn't draw it up, but I kind of right. gave the feedback. So my name was on the patent with it. And so that's kind of, and I, it's still out there in the marketplace. Um, and a very, very famous company actually borrowed the concept as well. So it's kind of cool that I see it across multiple brands now. Yeah. Um, and that's something I was, I was part of the team that put that together and, and worked on. So it's exciting. That is um, exciting. But again, it comes back to that whole, like, just creative flow and, and where you get your information and resources. I mean, it just, it's never where you think, you know, sometimes you're out shopping for, you know, new towels at Bed Bath & Beyond and you mm -hmm. see something and it's like, it strikes an idea. So it, it, it's, 
ideas come from everywhere. It's just, it, it's always changing. So for me, I just, I don't know, I always, things come to me and I just, I love having my cell phone because I, now I take notes when I think of things and I just like, oh, this would be really cool for blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> that would be really cool. Wow. Wow. You never know. Like, um, you can invent things and do you still play the violin? I don't. And I'm so sad that I gave it up. I, I still have it, but I just, you know, I played for such a long time and I think it just became this like, oh, it's not a cool thing anymore. And mm. then I uh, met a friend who played um, electric violin. Oh. And so I was like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I had kept playing because I didn't know that you can go that route. And that's way cooler than just traditional. But I love hearing violinists play. I think it's such a beautiful instrument. Uh, who knows? Maybe someday I'll pick it up again. It's very relaxing to listen to. Um, but it's when just, you're doing it right, it is right. When you're, when you're yes, doing. yes. When you're learning, it's a little bit tough. But <laughs> <laughs> man, crazy, crazy. Well, I have a hypothetical for you. If yeah. you could go back in time in my time machine that I might have in New Hampshire, uh, it's in the backyard, covered with a tarp. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself. And you can pick a time. It's, it's right around when you're, it's right around when you're starting that work, that work before mm -hmm. you discovered marketing, that kind of thing. What kind of advice would you give yourself? You're meeting wow. yourself, you know. It's it's crazy. I think um, I think if I had can go back in time and and, and taken a different direction, I think I would have stayed down a different path. I think I hopped around a little bit. I think my personal life took some, you know, when you're young and you don't know what you want to do, you kind of shift a little bit to learn. Totally. And knowing now what I do know, I think I would have stuck through some of the things longer and tried to get through those humps for a better opportunity on the outrun because, you know, there's things that I love doing that, you know, it's hard, you know, because you can't go backwards. So now it's, right. it's just moving forward and finding them again. Right. So looking for that new opportunity and taking that, you know, extra piece of, of, Oh, how can I engage this and how can I do that? So I don't know. It, it, it's, I think my path of where I've been and how I came to makes me who I am. So totally. it, it's like that whole thing is like, if you could go back to high school, I wouldn't want to go back to high school, mm. you know, like I did, been there, did it. High school whether, kind of what, I don't know. Well, it okay. whether it was good or bad, it, it happened. Right. It like happened, I don't want to yeah. relive that. So to go back to my younger self, I definitely think there's things I would change slightly. Um, would they have different outcomes? I don't know. Maybe they would have the same outcomes. It's an interesting theory. But I think um, what makes me me is that I've had trials and tribulations and I've come, you know, through them and, you know, and always thought the positive in all of it, everything is an opportunity. So I think it's exciting and I'm always up for the challenge. Yeah, it's a really interesting question and conversation because uh, literally no one ever, maybe just because the caliber of people that I chat with on right. the show, but <laughs> No one ever has been like, I would literally go back and change this experience. Maybe it's because they're all zen or they're all exhausted by the time we're to the right. end of the podcast. But the idea, you're right. I think everyone kind of realizes that it, it shaped them and reflect them in some way. I think a lot of times what we might tell ourselves is, is how to just like keep doing that, you know, almost like smoothing out the edges or maybe just feeling better about the process too. Like, mm -hmm. don't worry 
this is going to turn out, you know, like right. keep working hard or, you know, really appreciate this, you know, appreciate this, but still do everything you're going to do. And no one, no right. one has said like, you know, I would undo X, Y, and Z because you learn from those experiences. Right. It makes you who you are. When things are going well, you don't necessarily learn from it. You just think you're amazing. Right. Right. Coming through well, you're like, I'm amazing. And then, <laughs> goes back to not the doing con- that. Yeah. content theory, right? Like my content's the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. When everyone's attending your webinar, you're like, wow, my webinars are great. No, they're not. For some other reason, people are attending these things. They're bored. Um, but when it's tough, when, when they have options, now it's like, do they actually want to attend and engage? That kind of thing. Absolutely. It's really, really good, good question. But yeah, I lo- love that answer. It's, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Where can, um, where can people connect with you? Oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Is that the place, place to be? That is the place to be. That is the, the, the go-to. So LinkedIn's the best place to find me right now. Got it. And what do you think? You take it on some marketing projects. If if people are, because I know you're a jet, you're a consultant to the stars now. I don't know. What, what do you, <laughs> you want to go and go by client side or agency side? Do your own thing. What, what do you think? I, uh, you know, I like the. I, I definitely like working for companies, and so yeah. I'm, you know, definitely would like the, an opportunity to get back into that. But I have been um, in conversations on some cons- consulting gigs. Um, to try to offer my skill set for them. So it, it's an exciting time, but absolutely. I'm definitely interested in getting back into the swing of things and, you know, my diversified background, I do it all. So depending yeah. on what the project is, you know, I've kind of been there, done that. And, you know, it's always exciting to, you know, help a new organization out and get to where they need to be. So I love being part of teams. There it is. Lucy Graham potentially available now but you know there's a tradition with this show um <laughs> people come on here they either get recruited from another company and they and they switch positions or um they get gobbled up uh soon thereafter the show it's happened twice now so um anyone who's actually interested in working with you should probably reach out today because the hardcore marketing the uh, tradition continues so <laughs> Best of, best of luck with all of that. Uh, one quick question for you, because um, I know you're a, a movie nerd. Have you yes. seen the new Bill and Ted? You mentioned Bill and Ted. Have you seen the new one? Yes. It came out on my birthday and we watched it. It was fantastic. I highly recommend it. You do? Because I, I we were do. watch it. We saw it was like 20 bucks to, to, to rent it. Buy it. We, we didn't even rent it. We bought it. It was like we a couple extra it? bucks. We bought it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it brought back to my childhood a little bit and yeah. it was just fun. And for, for two hours, I just laughed and giggled and nothing else came to my mind. It was just a really nice time. And I think that's what we all need right now is yeah. some mindless humor. Totally. Um, it was really good. It was good to see a lot of the original cast members on and um, some surprise appearances. It was a lot of fun. I will tell you a little secret. If you do watch it, yeah, make sure you watch to the very end of all the credits. Interesting. Yes, that's all I'll tell you. But make sure you watch to the end. See, now I'm sold on it. I was like, nah, I'll wait or something. But I'm like, hey, have a night of it. You know, you would spend that much, and that's not probably why they price it that way. You do this. Yep. You went out to the movie theater. You buy the popcorn, and you buy the this and then that. The popcorn's, you know. 25 cents, yeah. you got a bag of it in your closet. So just 
whip that thing out and um, that's cool. And you think it's worth buying it? Would you watch it again a couple times? Uh, definitely. So my daughter wasn't here when we watched it. So I told her, so we're going to, she's never seen the original. So we plan on doing kind of, you know, watching all of them back to back on a weekend. I love the original. And, and the me too. It's my yeah. favorite. So, but this one plays homage to that. So I think it's really, it's in sync with that. The second one's a little bit different. I definitely think this kind of brings back the original. So I would highly recommend it. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was, it was a good time. So there, there's a second. So this is the third, technically. Yes, yes. I don't know if I ever saw the second one. What's your take on that one? Um, was not my favorite. Um, that's, I think, when they, I think they went to hell for that one. I forget <sighs> what, what the storyline was. I don't know. But yeah, so, and they, you can, you know, if you watch just kind of the clip of it, you'll get the gist of it. You probably have seen it. You just forgot. Um, just the first one's so memorable. I mean, oh, it is. It just Napoleon know, eating all that ice cream just makes me happy. <laughs> and then going on Waterloo. <laughs> yes, yes. The waterslide park. Oh my gosh, um, that was great. Yeah. Okay. No. Cool. Cool. Is it? Is it like um, like what? I don't know what the rating is, but like, is it? Is it cool for young kids? You think? Or How for, young? I think so. I think so. I don't really crazy. I don't. Not that I remember. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I don't know what it's rated, but I, I think it's kid for, it's definitely family friendly for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's Bill and Ted's. They don't get too crazy. There's not too many innuendos in there. So I think it'll be okay. But definitely check the rating and see for sure. But I, I we loved it. So it was. Yeah, we, you know, if we, to your point, buy it, then yeah. watch it again with the kids after. Yeah. So this turned turn into a this turned into a movie podcast, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 totally stoked now. Yeah, it doesn't I don't know what the rating is, but whatever. Um, we'll watch it. Sounds like fun though. That's great. I appreciate that encouragement. So now I'm gonna go make a date night out of it. You know. It'll there be, you go. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here. Just been fun to chit chat, hang out, throw ideas back and forth, kind of ideate, and then I've learned a ton as well. Great. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun to do this. Yeah. And, you know, for the people listening, if you've learned something, and I know you have because I literally have two pages of notes. Those The pages, they filled in now. They filled in. <laughs> I have so many notes. I learned some stuff. I know everyone else did. Share this on LinkedIn. Tag Lucy. Tag myself. Start a conversation. That's how you do thought leadership. That's how you create a network, especially those looking for work, looking for jobs. You create that environment on LinkedIn where people are re- not retweeting. They're like, they're sharing your stuff. They're commenting, they're engaging, engage with other people and they will engage with you. And this is a great way to do it. Share what you've learned from this podcast, what you learned from Lucy, tag her in it, give her some props, give her some thank yous, send her notes on LinkedIn. And yeah, that's all I got. Thank you again. This has been fun. Thanks Casey. All right, everyone out there, this has been the hardcore marketing show. We will catch you all next time. 